Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be self-perceptions. Well, I've got an interesting email here today. It's from a woman, and she's a very successful psychotherapist. She's obviously a big fan of my videos and my book. She works in the federal prison system, and she's actually working on a book because obviously she's dealing with a lot of guys that are in prison. And the goal is when they get out is to help them not become repeat offenders, but to go on to become self-reliant and reach their full potential. And she also writes about her fiance who also happens to be an alpha male and what she loves about him and what attracts her to him. So I thought it was a great email to go through because she points out some interesting things. Because as I've said many times over the years and we're going to behave and act consistently with exactly who we view ourselves to be. And it doesn't matter whether we've got an accurate view or not. Most of us tend to have a limited perception of ourselves, And because we perceive ourselves in a limited way, we act in a limited way. We act in ways that communicate to the world that we don't deep down believe we deserve to have what we want. And so when we don't believe that and we come across people who have the same perception about themselves, they reinforce our limiting beliefs about ourselves. That's why I, I place such a huge emphasis on who you're going to spend your time with. Because if you're spending your time with people that are better and more successful than you, they're going to tend to pull you along and lift you up to their level and vice versa. If you're the most successful person in your peer group and everybody around you is a lot less successful and doesn't look at the world in the same way, they're going to tend to drag you down to their level. So it's really important to think about and to focus on your self-talk, what you say, how you, how you perceive yourself. Like when something doesn't go right, you typically find yourself going, why does this always happen to me? How come it never works out? Why do I never get what I want? I mean, those are absolute types of questions that most of us, if we're honest, at some point in our lives have said something along those lines. So it's important to catch ourselves and instead ask empowering questions such as, what's good about this? Even though I didn't get what I want this time around, what can I learn? How can I become better? So the next opportunity that I get, I'm even better then in the future than I am right now. Because the whole idea is just like every really successful professional athlete is they're focused on how do I get better every day? Because the better you become, you become a better competitor, you become more efficient, you become more successful, and the more success you have and the more you can perceive that your life is starting to line up according to your expectations, your dreams, your desires, your hopes. In other words, success is making progress. And so even if you're making real small incremental progress, it's still progress nonetheless. That gives you the feeling and the perception that you're getting there. You're getting there slowly, but you're getting there nevertheless. The key is to learn to practice infinite patience. That means as far as giving up, that's just, you can't give up. Maybe you change your approach, but your overall big goals and outcomes, you don't give up on those. Maybe, because we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and we tend to underestimate what we can do in a decade. So we've got to think in terms when it comes to succeeding in life in terms of decades. 
But in order to get to where we want to be in 10, 15, 20 years, we have to do a little bit of work today, take a little bit of action today, even if it's five or 10 minutes or a half hour or an hour. Something is better than nothing. If you're working for other people and someday you'd like to be working for yourself, you got to block out some time in your day or at least in your week where you can spend time alone researching, contemplating, just thinking about taking time for you, thinking about what you want to do and where you want to be as opposed to the average person is, oh, I don't have time, my tennis elbow, I got to get my knee fixed, I got to get my meds right. When that big check comes in, when I close that big deal, once the kids are gone off to college, we always have a story that we tell ourselves about why we can't do what we know we need to do deep down. So the idea is to become aware of your self-perception and your self-talk. And if you're saying things to yourself repeatedly over and over that are disempowering, Remember, whatever you focus on in life, you're gonna force your brain to come up with an answer. And if you're always saying, why does this always happen to me? Well, your brain is gonna look for an answer that makes sense to that question. And when you, that, that question is an absolute. And so when you, your brain gives you a solution, it goes, okay, well, because I'm a loser. That's why nothing ever works out for me. Because nothing ever works out for me because I'm stupid or I don't have the looks or I don't have the income or I didn't get the education when I was younger and now it's just too late for me. It's important to be aware of how you talk about yourself. So with that said, I got a quote and then I'm gonna go that I wrote that I'm gonna and then I'm gonna go through her email. And the quote says, Our success or failure in life is directly related to how we perceive ourselves. When we perceive that we have abundant choices, we tend to not become attached to things, people, circumstances, mediocrity, or settling. When we perceive that our choices are scarce, we tend to try and force things and will often settle for a life that is less than what we are capable of living. We were born in this world to be magnificent, not mediocre. Mediocre is always the result of impatience, low standards, and giving up too easily. Magnificence is the result of having high standards, infinite patience, being unwilling to compromise in one's own ideals, even when success appears far off or hopeless. Once you settle for mediocrity in any part of your life, the impulse to settle and give up will creep into all other areas that are important to you. Settling, like succeeding, is a habit formed by your actions. You either choose to settle by giving up or succeed by refusing to quit once things become hard or seem hopeless. It's a philosophy, it's a way of thinking, it's a way of life, it's a way of approaching your challenges and the things that you want to accomplish. Always coming up with a reason to why you need to try something else, why you need to keep pushing the ball forward, if you will. Because it's easy to quit, it's easy to give up. Most of the people you're gonna encounter in life have already given up and lost hope on their dreams and their goals a long time ago, and they're just hoping that they can teach enough to their kids so maybe their kids will have a little better than they did. That's a fucking tragedy. Just imagine if a, if we just double the amount of people that thought this way in the world. Just think about how many more Elon Musk there would be, or Steve Jobs, or Larry Page, or Sergey Brin's of the world. People that are succeeding at the highest level. Guys like Carl Icahn. Think about how many more big problems of humanity we'd be able to solve if we had more people 
that we're living and taking action and achieving things that, that are truly what they're capable of. So let's go through our email. She says, Corey, I just want to express to you how valuable your work is in regards to what I've been learning about myself and about men. Who is it? Uh, Socrates said, know thyself, I think. Know thy Seuton. I don't know if that said that right. I'm a 34-year-old woman. And I'm a successful psychotherapist, attractive, a snowboarder, a musician, and all in all, I've gotten pretty skilled in my own relationship life. I am often told that I'm a 10. I believe this is because I look for the 10 in life all the time. Before anybody else is going to believe it, you have to believe it. Even if you're an average looking person, if you love yourself and you take care of yourself and you work out and you're in good shape, you're going to get noticed more. You're going to be more attractive. Even though you might be the, not be the most attractive person on the planet, people who love themselves, who are happy, who are enjoying their life, they're going to eat better quality foods. They're going to tend to get more exercise. They're going to tend to have a more balanced life. They're going to tend to radiate a vibe that most people feel good in their presence and want to be around them. It's something that you cultivate, just like a garden, if you will. Think of your life as like a garden. Are you putting the right fertilizer and the right nutrients in the soil of your garden? Is it getting the proper sunlight? Is it getting plenty of water, wisdom, everything you need? I like to be happy, so finding the highest caliber feelings, thoughts, and experiences comes nicely to me. So notice what she said. Finding the highest caliber feelings, thoughts, experiences comes nicely to me. So she's looking for it. She's programmed her brain to seek out good things, just like getting up every day and finding something to be grateful for in your life. There's plenty of things you can focus on and feel like they suck or they're bad, but you can invest the same amount of money, or energy I should say, and money, why not? Looking for a reason to be happy, looking for a reason to be excited. However, your work elevates my perceptions to a whole new level. I've been watching your videos and I'm now in the process of reading your book for the first time. That's awesome. Like I said, I'm a therapist and I work primarily with men who are in the federal system, both pre and post prison. The self-esteem levels of these dudes are poor and so the amount of bullshit, stress, and trauma that they put up with, as well as dish out in their relationships. Wow, it blows my mind all the time. It was interesting. I don't know if it was 60 minutes or a, it was probably a year or two ago. I watched this documentary on, I think it was Germany, if I'm not mistaken, and how they approach the people in their prison system. And they treat, they're all, because I mean, you think about it, it's supposed to be the corrections industry. They're supposed to correct behavior, but... How do we treat people in the correctional system? We tend, you know, it's kind of like a dog pound. I mean, we treat them like fucking animals, and then we just toss them out to the, in the cold in society and expect them to just reintegrate like there's no problem. But what they're doing in Germany, in a lot of cases, it's kind of like they live there. They, it's like they, their cells are really kind of like their own apartments. They have conjugal visits with their family. So the idea is they live in a controlled environment so people can help rehabilitate them, if you will, to become productive members of our society. Those that are the hardest to love need it the most. It doesn't make any sense to be abusive towards people that are in the correction system 
and then throw them out to the wolves in society, if, if you will, and be surprised that when a period of time they're back in there. That's not being successful. The idea is to correct their behavior, not by just punishing them. And what's interesting, I can't remember where it was, but there is a, a tribe where if one person does something, maybe they steal something or they get into a fight or they do something wrong, the whole tribe surrounds this one person and every single person in the tribe tells this person one thing that they love about them and that they appreciate about them. Because the way the tribe looks at it is that they just need love. Just think about kids. Kids misbehave when? When they're not getting the love and attention that they want from their parents. Isn't that interesting? I believe if we took an approach like that more towards people that are incarcerated, instead of treating them like animals and outcasts from our society, we treat them as just people that need more love and attention and whatever they were missing or didn't get in their life as a community, it's in all of our interest to make sure they can reintegrate in society and become productive members of our society so they can add value. Because if they're adding value to society, they're helping to make the world a better place. They're helping to create the world, good or bad, in which our kids are gonna grow up in. It's something to think about. I'm writing a book now that explains how to kill a number psychologically before killing a number literally, meaning getting out of prison and off probation permanently. I think that's fucking awesome. You're exactly the kind of person that should be helping these people. My message is all about self-empowerment and self-government and the fact that if external constraints and rewards are all that a man uses to dictate his behavior and he does not make the internal transformations necessary to be propelled by his own light and ambition, then he's simply not budged an inch in life. In other words, you gotta help these people come up with a compelling reason to leave that old life behind and embrace a new life where they can reach their full potential. Just changing locations geographically. He gets free in the legal sense perhaps, but the experience of creating his own life is not reached. In other words, if, if you don't feel like you're able to make progress towards your goals and dreams, you're not gonna feel very happy and you're not gonna feel very successful. So it's in our collective interest to make sure these people get the resources and the love and the help that they need. Because when they don't, we know what happens. You see it on the news all the fucking time. I absolutely love what I do, and I'm thrilled that I found your teachings at this juncture. The fact that you love what you do is like you're doing exactly what you were put on this earth to do. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. I need a better repertoire and vocabulary to communicate with my clients. I coach a lot of therapists, a lot of psychologists on every continent in the globe. And as a life coach, these tools and things that I share freely through my book and my work and my videos give you more tools for your toolbox, so to speak. Their relationships are the primary indicator of how successful they will be on probation. I have learned, isn't that interesting? Hmm, life is relationships. Personally, I decided some time ago that I don't want a beta man for my own romantic life and I've been searching or I've been screening 
for what I really want for a few years now. I don't put up with stupid shit or feminine men, nor do I create strain or damage by being disrespectful or taking on masculinity as though it's my relationship turf. So in other words, she's aware that as a woman, she feels more womanly or feminine, if you will, by being in her feminine energy and not assuming the masculine role. So if a guy doesn't know how to be a man, she's not going to stick around and try to fix him. She wants a guy that's already got it so she can feel comfortable letting go and letting him be the leader. Anytime I have done so, I've regretted it. Yeah, because it's not your natural essence. And I had to realign myself to being myself all over again. How many people have been in a relationship? How many people have you known in a relationship or you've talked to or you've met in your life that said after they had a breakup, could it be a friend, family member, maybe you, and they said, I lost myself in that relationship. In other words, I became something I'm not in order to try to please the other person. And then one day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, who is this person? I don't like who I've become. I know that I love high quality people and they inspire me. I'm driven and I'm smart from within. So high quality is a necessary thing for me to look for in others. In other words, that's her standard. If you raise your standards and you have high standards, you're only going to tolerate high quality people in your life. I am now engaged to a man who has no problem putting his happiness first in life. You can't give away what you don't have for yourself. And if your man wasn't already happy, how the hell is he possibly going to make you happy? And for a guy that's hoping that a woman's going to make him happy, and he's not really happy in his own life, and he meets a woman that knocks his socks off, he's going to be happy for maybe six months, maybe a year. But once the infatuation wears off and the honeymoon period's over, he's still faced with the fact that he's not happy. Just like Jim Rohn said, I'll take care of me for you and you take care of you for me. And I love how he unwaveringly will put his foot down with me if it is ever needed. Most men rarely do this. You certainly don't see it on TV very much. Your 97% to 3% info is no joke. He's not motivated by fear or lack mentality and he doesn't doubt that he's plenty good enough for me. Have you, seen, have you asked him if he's read my book? Maybe he's just a natural. Maybe he had a great family and he learned all this stuff on his own. I wasn't like that. He is a hell of a force to meet and we both know it. Therefore, I want to fuck him constantly. In other words, act like a man. Your woman will not be able to keep her hands off you. We are both alpha oriented which to me means that we govern our own selves and do not try to govern one another or anyone else. You are a wise woman. Too much inner security, in, too much inner security with individuality for that. In other words, she's comfortable being who she is. And she's not gonna apologize for it, neither is her fiance, and neither should you. I want these dynamics to continue and grow for us so we will be learning your work together going forward. I'm honored, thank you so much. I want to stay head over heels in love with this man. I don't really have a question, I just wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your work. It's certainly needed all over the place and I am excited to absorb all of the knowledge that I can from you. Well, I'm excited about all the people that you're gonna be able to help with your expertise and taking what you've learned from me. It makes you an even better psychotherapist. 
Also, Esther Perel has some cool ways of conceptualizing desire and attraction. Google her if you've not already been made aware of her ideas. Nope, I have not heard of her. She discusses eroticism as an antidote to death, a way of remaining vitality, vitally alive, rather than just becoming reduced to some bored zombie drone of a person in society. Sounds like she's a kindred spirit. That lifelessness happens so often among people and it isn't even necessary. Yeah, it's like once you lose hope, like I've said many times, it's like you got one foot in the grave and it's sad. I've, I've seen it in so many of my friends. It's, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, I had a, a, one of my best friends from my college years just fucking passed away. And he never, he never got past his, his drinking problems even though everybody fucking loved him. He was a good looking guy, the ladies loved him. He just was never able to maintain it for very long and he sought solace in the bottle and it cost him his life at 47 years old and it's a fucking tragedy it's sad but at least you know what i'm glad that i got to know him and i had a lot of great memories when we we're in our 20s and i remember as long as i live so for those of you that have not read my book yet you can go to my website click the products tab at the top of your screen you can get an audio version of the book for free by subscribing to audible.com with a free trial and you can also subscribe to the email newsletter on my website by just putting your name and your email address you'll get a link in your email which you confirm and once you click on that link yes I want to confirm that I want to subscribe to this list it'll take you right to the members area and you can start reading it right there no risk and if you'd like to get my help personally with any kind of personal or professional challenge that you're having so I can help you achieve your outcomes, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen on any page and book whatever coaching option works for you. And I will talk to you soon.